When the autonomic nervous system has been shaped by trauma, there's often a disconnection between the physiological state, the psychological story, and the behavioral response. Cues of danger seem to be everywhere, and the smallest reminder of a traumatic experience activates a survival response. Deb Dana. This is Exploring Polyvagal Theory, a dialogue to deepen our understanding of the nervous system and how we might make safety in everyday life accessible for all. I'm Lauren Hubelay. I'm a health educator and a gymotherapy expert. And today I'm missing my co-host Jap and Japanese acupuncturist, Megan Lim. However, I am so fortunate to be joined by um, who I know now as the passionate polyvagalist, Cameron Scott, um, who you all know from previous episodes. Cameron, thank you for accepting my invitation once again. It is always a joy and a pleasure to join you in these discussions. Thank you, Lauren. Well, you bring such richness to them and I can't wait to see where we go today. Me as so, well. So Cameron, this opening quote from Deb, this is super juicy stuff there. Um, we could probably talk for hours just about those, right? I see you nodding about those few lines. So, and, and I thought of it, it was a good way to lead into this conversation I'm hoping to have today on chronic habitual patterns and working with the central nervous system. But let's break this down a little bit for our li listeners. And I'd like to just start with this disconnection that Deb is referring to, this disconnection between the physiological state, the psychological story, and the behavioral response. How mm -hmm. would you explain that, Cameron? Well, I think of our central nervous systems as kind of our, um, our hardwiring to how our body responds. It is like that coaxial cable that is in charge of all functions of Absolutely. our physiology. The second largest system is our autonomic nervous system. And that's the system we've talked formerly about that includes the sympathetic, which is the mobilization, the fight or flight, and the parasympathetic, which is both the dorsal vagal as well as the ventral vagal. Now, our autonomic nervous system really is that wonderful precognitive mm -hmm. surveillance system that is affecting us 24-7. Most of the information is coming before it meets a thought through our body, through our environment, through our experience with another non-autonomic nervous system, or in fact, through spirit, we are biologically impaired to survive. Mm. We are also biologically impaired to have connection, that longing to connect. So the question and that intersection is when our drive to survive is working together with our longing to connect. If they're not working together, if they're working in opposition, there we are. Oh. So 
our survival state and this need to connect can be in uh, opposition to each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and that's what happens when our system is shaped by trauma. Yes. And usually trauma, you find it in one-time adult trauma, mm -hmm. there's a usually a fair amount of resiliency. Sure. However, if we're talking much more of a developmental trauma or complex trauma is, you know, over time again and again and again, either of not enough or too much, it definitely will make for a system that is shaped, an autonomic nervous system that's shaped with habitual responses that tend to go toward adaptive spiral responses because that's what we need if we don't have the resources around us or in us to connect. Oh, interesting, Cameron. Cameron, this, this disconnect that Deb refers to, and you are too, when we're in this state, is this is when we have these cues of danger everywhere. Is that correct? Yep. We have, with that information, we can track that we are in an adaptive survival response. Mm. And anytime our system enters an adaptive survival response, we have left behind our connection to our prefrontal cortex, which is that wonderful, highly evolved part of our brain that gives us context, that gives us choice, that gives us the possibility of connection. Wow. That, that's now off wire, wow. offline. You know, and actually the, the possibilities without enough ventral vagal and prefrontal cortex for health and restoration are minimal mm -hmm. when someone has entered an adaptive survival response. And so if those resources are minimal, it's very hard to get out of that place. That's where we separate any of all those stories and learn how to become that expert state tracker. Because if we want to come back into resource, we need to notice the state, name the state, and begin to allow the hierarchy to move us back into a more regulated place, which gives us our prefrontal cortex back. Wow. I can think of periods of my life that I, I, I lived the entire time in that that state where danger was literally everywhere mm -hmm. and, and no matter how smart you are or how many different approaches or how many extracts you tried i bet you noticed that they often have minimal effect yeah yeah not to mention the meaning we make out of that which is what is wrong with me what what is uh, am i so broken i'm untreatable you know the the layering of shame and you know hopelessness that gets layered on when we have a habitual pull to a survival response simply because of lived experience. Yeah, and there, the, we miss out on so much. We do. Yeah, we miss out on that joy of life, right? Exactly. That's Deb's wonderful quote that she has in all over her um, books, which is. Polyvagal theory is the science of feeling safe enough to engage with life and take the risks of living. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. 
and it's like sometimes it's like a light switch i mean when if i go backwards in my memory and i can think oh yeah these were periods where everything felt dangerous and scary and threatening and then oh i was sudden and and the ventral vagal came in and it's really like that window opened yes yeah beautiful well you know Thinking about this today, um, I mean, I, I, in all the people that I'm speaking with, there are periods of, of time and part of their week being stuck in this scary place because it is frightening. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think anyone that had childhood trauma or uh, adolescent trauma living today as an adult is certainly very suspect to having that reactivated. Is that something you're seeing, Cameron? Yeah, I tend to refer to it as um, a sensitive system, but for whatever reasons, and we're now talking about um, because the autonomic nervous system, you know, begins as we evolve pre-birth and doesn't isn't fully, you know, able to command itself until at the first year or two of birth, um, if there's anything that affected um, the biology of a system pre-birth, birth trauma, you know, early, you know, medical challenges, these are all challenges to the earliest trajectory of our wiring. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important for people to realize that because then they can be more compassionate with themselves. And also it removes that whole level of shame. There's something wrong with me as opposed to experience I had, my body and my systems lived through has, you know, shaped my wiring. I worked just for instance with a client who is very excited for um, lots of reasons to gain that polyvagal lens. But she said, I want to ask you a, a question. She said, I was born with the cord wrapped around my neck four or five times. I was one of those blue babies. And then subsequently, so oxygen deprived, low APGAR score, mm -hmm. you know, and then subsequently had many, many months of digestive mm -hmm. disturbances. Of course. Yeah. I'm like, that makes complete sense because that was a, a really early life and death threat to her autonomic nervous system that drived her of oxygen and, and in, when we're in the adaptive survival state of mobilization, life or death, fight or flight, our digestive system goes offline. And she then had a sensitive system, meaning because of that early experience, traumatic experience, that she easily pulled to that adaptive response and her digestive system through the early part of her life kept going offline. Sure. Of course That's it did. Just wiring. Yeah. Of course it did. You know, those are, it, it, when I talk about this from a, a chemotherapy lens, uh, mm -hmm. I talk about compensations, right? That the body makes and yes. not having the polyvagal that, uh, lens for so many years of my teaching, that was the terminology I used. Yes. And, and, and the beauty of um, the meristem cells or the plant stem cells in chemotherapy helps literally rewire those compensations so we don't need to use them any longer. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. So, and oh, sorry. Evolution, yeah, right? brought us, evolution brought us into, you know, this wonderful hierarchy. And at the same time, that's what you're doing with your work is we don't take away resources or, or things that have gotten us thus far. We layer on new possibilities, new I know options for our autonomic nervous system that are less taxing. They're less require compensations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that also, I think this simplifying of how the body's supposed to work also uh, is in parallel to what polyvagal theory does because it really simplifies not only the physiological response but it simplifies this burden so many of us carry with our stories that they're not important right mm -hmm. they really aren't we can just drop them yeah and it's often a tremendous relief to our in our service of our function our, our longing to connect if we're not getting stuck on stories because that's usually what gets us stuck in a state yeah yeah yeah, so speaking of stuck in the state, um, Cameron, uh, the topic that I want to begin today, because it's a big topic, um, is how we might work with folks that uh, um, have a chronic state or mm -hmm. this habitual pattern. And um, in all the episodes before, Megan and I gave reference to extracts that um, can really help in the moment. And they surely can, and they can help shift the state. They can help organize the sympathetic response or mobilize out of um, a, a state of shutdown. Um, but what I want to start bringing to the table here for our listeners is that, that this is more than an in the moment process that what we want to do is start shifting these patterns. And I know you do it therapeutically. And I think gemotherapy can reinforce um, though that awareness that we're trying to bring to it. And when Cameron, when I look at um, a new client and I'm building that protocol to shift a chronic state of being, I begin with the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why you would think that's important? Well, it, it's the biologic foundation to our existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Tell me when you start working with a client, why you know that to be important. Well, th that's a good question. So, because I, I start with the nervous system, period, because mm -hmm. I want the messages that are going to the organs to be correct. Mm -hmm. um, I think so many practitioners, uh, natural or uh, um, conventional medicine, start with where the symptoms are showing up. And I want to go back to the source. Uh, that's always been my passion. And for, the, for a long time, I thought the source was in digestion. And yet it, it begins even before then. And, and you just you know, led in with such a beautiful example from your client. You know, those, 
digestive symptoms could be treated in multiple ways and never resolved until the nervous system mm -hmm. issue is resolved. So what I'm looking for in starting with the central nervous system is, you know, where that input begins. Mm -hmm. So in a previous conversation, you described the central nervous system as command central. And I love that. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, you think of it as our central nervous system is how our brain is working to govern all biologic lived experience. It's, it is, it's command central. But we have the secondary, the autonomic nervous system is how we're, we're understanding, relating our, our biologic impairment for both survival and connection. But, you know, it's, it's like in therapy, we used to take trauma and like a traumatic experience by traumatic experience. And years later, we were trying to process each of those individual experiences without the efficiency of the whole system getting it. So rather than going piecemeal to symptoms or piecemeal to just a little view, when you open it up to the central nervous system, you are working in the highest order of efficiency. Yeah. And that's gonna harmonize well, and I know you use harmonizers with the autonomic nervous system. So we are then gonna just have that a level of you know, being able to bring profound changes and support well-being in the entire system. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I, I love the way that you're bringing this in from the polyvagal lens, but it absolutely complements so many of the philosophies I teach from. And um, we get so caught up as practitioners in chasing symptoms. Yes. And it is exhausting. It's exhausting for the client. It's exhausting for the practitioner. And I have a silly image of that game called whack-a-mole. You go for a symptom and you slam it down and then another one pops up and another one pops up and it goes on and on. And it, it's exhausting. That is a magic picture. I think everyone <laughs> listening knows what that feels like. Uh, or, right. Yeah. And, and, and yet if we go to the wiring, if we take it down to the wiring, yes, then we can solve so much. Now, I know on a physiological level, if these compensations have been made for most of the adult life span, mm -hmm. there's some um, deterioration that has to be addressed. And, mm -hmm. and that's all fine and well. But when we start with the wiring, we start seeing change right away, which is exactly what happens when you're working with someone mm -hmm. with polyvagal lens right away. It yeah. might not change the pattern every time, but. Yeah, well, speak to me. So I can appreciate when you speak of when we have an habitual response often due to trauma, trauma and, and what that, how you understand or you meet that um, deterioration. So, when I'm talking about deterioration, I'm talking about when it gets down to the organ level, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, let, let's just take your client that has uh, the ha, had the connection with digestive challenges, mm -hmm. right? So that that's one thing. If if that that um, 
um, situation is resolved when she's six months old or 18 months old. Mm -hmm. But if this continues on, her body will start compensating for that. Other organs will take mm -hmm. a back. Yes. Um, her uh, elimination organs or kidneys yes. or colon yeah. won't be able yeah. to do the job. So that's what I mean. That's helpful to know. And, and there is that, it's actually part of our, our overall resiliency, that compensation. Nice. You know, if, if I went out and broke my arm, I'd be put in some sort of cast or, or brace. And then there would be degeneration of my musculature after six weeks of not using it. And I think a lot of what the restoration process is, you know, bringing, because we, we have that innate ability in us, but if, if a system has not been utilized or has been compensated for for some reason you're right we need to to bring it back into its its full health and response you know not to belabor this but i can't help but say so when that arm's in a cast what do you do you strengthen your other arm right yes so that's arm gets, isn't it? yes it gets yes. stronger and and it takes over and we see the same thing that happens in organs um, but that can't go on forever because yeah. at some point they just go on strike. <laughs> Usually in our middle age, uh, say, Hey, enough, this isn't working for us any longer. Yeah. Well, and if you think of it in the correlatively in, um, with a trauma history, a lot of energy, when I'm saying energy has to go into that vigilant, you know, state that often easily mobilized state that's a fairly steady diet of cortisol and adrenaline mm -hmm. and it allows us in the service of survival to live however it's enormously exhausting to the adrenals and the hpa axis so a lot of our clients will come in you know a couple decades later with symptoms of adrenal depletion sure Sure. Uh, and that's that's a compensation. They're alive. They got through what they need to get through. But the sooner we can help them reestablish some balance in their system back to, you know, that health, they're going to feel a whole lot better. Cameron, can we bookmark the HPA access for a future conversation? Yes, we can. Uh, that's one of my favorite topics. So, yes, let's I look do forward that. to it. Yeah. Good, good. I'm going to try really hard not to take that and go with it. So let's, let's go back to the central nervous system. And for mm -hmm. listeners, I want folks to understand this is where, where we begin. And there was another um, um, statement you had made in our, our uh, offline conversation was, you know, when the central nervous system isn't working, it's like um, the hardware is not plugged in. Does, does that sound still ring true with you? Mm -hmm. And yeah. certainly not working efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. So what we want to do, folks, is we want to get this hardware plugged in right from the start. And, and we want to make sure Command Central is up to the task. So um, with, a, with a gymotherapy protocol, um, what we do is we begin with an extract that supports our central nervous system, just one drop each morning. 
And Megan and I will certainly get into the juicy de details of each of these um, in the next week to come. But for now, I'd like to just throw out a few suggestions for you all because we have a lovely series called Gemmo Memo where you can learn about each one and um, from the plant right uh, through the, to the extract itself and the Asian medicine lens. But here's a handful of extracts that help with the central nervous system. Some are um, harmonizers, as we've discussed before. Um, that'll be the first group I'm sharing with you. And the others are tonics um, that uh, get you going type of extracts. So for harmonizing that be with energy for the central nervous system, we've got silver lime, black honeysuckle, fig, and dog rose. Um, then for that, um, looking for that energy from the friend that's gonna lead you and get you going, and that's the tonic kind of energy, we see that from hawthorn and almond and silver birch seed and also sea buckthorn. So those might be some names you can jot down and head over to the Jimmo memos and listen a little bit more about. Um, I no doubt our conversation here has sparked all kinds of uh, threads and interest in your brain, but um, I want to give a quick plug here because next Monday I start uh, a three-part series called Restoring Immunity with Gemotherapy. And part one is all about the nervous system. And thanks to all my learnings from you, Cameron, I'm going to be including the, the nervous system through the polyvagal lens. So thank you for that. You can learn all about that on my website, laurenhuvelet.com. And then Cameron, where can listeners learn more about you and polyvagal theory? Polyvagal theory is really all over the place these days. I do believe that Deb Dana's website, rhythmofregulation.com, I think it's calm. Um, if you just Google uh, Deb Dana, you'll have that opportunity. She has, and they are bringing in a whole resource, the Polyvagal Institute, or maybe called Foundation, where we can begin to know more about some of the scientific studies, some of the resources. It's very, this is a very exciting time. Oh, fantastic. And what about your website, Cameron? I have a very simple, I've been told, uh, welcoming and, um, you know, peaceful, simple, uh, and it's simply CameronScottMA.com, and people are more than welcome to, uh, to meet me, and you can see my face, and you know, a little bit of my particular journey of how I became that passionate polyvagalist. Great. Cameron, thank you so much for this conversation. It's a delight. It's exciting. I don't know if you can speak to how you became because you're essentially a passionate polyvagalist now too and and it's mm -hmm. allowed you to really you know the richness at a whole new level of, of confidence about what you've been doing for decades anyway yeah beautiful it's there yeah thank you thanks cameron uh -huh.